Welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest Benjamin Silliman movie ever made. I'm Jeff Barry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And this week we are covering Minute 22 of the Burbs, which begins with Ricky saying, being housed their last half burned to the ground, and ends with Art, Ray, and Ricky walking down the street. <laughs> All right, so we uh, we finish up the, the Ricky soliloquy right here, where he tells us that basically the Sentinel house, the gateway to hell, is probably the Klopex house. Yeah, and somebody left the gate open. Yes, and he's basing this on exactly what evidence that we've found so far. <laughs> because their house makes weird noises. Yeah, their house makes weird noises. He somehow knows that their last house burned to the ground, despite <laughs> no one actually looking into it. They right. just know that it happened. Well, he said he, said he talked uh, – Art said he talked at a real estate broad. Yeah, he talked at a real estate broad. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm over on the Goodfellas show. I talked at a broad. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's not a lot of evidence to go on. Your right. neighbors are slightly weird, and you're like, yeah, they're definitely that's the gateway to hell in there. There's <laughs> quite a leap of logic from a person who, less than two minutes ago, earlier in this day, said that he got attacked by a foaming squirrel from their house, <laughs> and another guy who consumed uh, mass quantities of food. Oh yeah, and both of the other two guys have been stung by bees fifty times today. <laughs> Yeah, so we get a we're getting the end of our first monologue about how their house burned down and the gates are open. He's really making it ominous. Yeah, it's an interesting thing for this movie that's a comedy. The next couple minutes, starting with this minute and minute before it, while not super serious, are on the serious side. Like nobody's really playing it for laughs anymore. I was just saying, there's not a lot of laughs in it. No, if you only played like this four minutes to somebody, you're like, well, this is a. It's probably not a straight-up horror movie. It's not Rosemary's Baby. No. But, it's bumps. It's like a kid's horror movie. But it's like more on the line of Gremlins. There you go. We're like, I mean, which is also a Joe Dante movie, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. But this is like the serious sections. Not like the goofy, hey, we're like we're in a movie theater watching Snow White. <laughs> so, of course, on cue, as happens in all horror movies, he finishes what he's got to say, and boom, the Klopeks start up their noise. <laughs> yeah, noises start right up. <laughs> And Art freaks out. Is it Art that says it? Yeah. It's them. They're moving around again. <laughs> yeah. And then, like it was scripted in a play, Ricky has finished his speech. There's been an act break with this, the noise of the Klopeks, and Art launches right into his story. Yep. It was a night just like tonight. <laughs> hey, I heard that somewhere before. <laughs> <laughs> what happened that night? <laughs> there was a there was a sound like a garbage truck dropped off an Empire State Building, <laughs> <laughs> and when they pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked just like this. <laughs> Sorry, Pee Wee Herman minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised that's not being done. <laughs> Someone right now is like, "That's a brilliant idea." <laughs> I'm start yeah, that up. yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm wondering from the. The Clo- you know, the Klopeks start up. He's about to go into speech. So you got to think at this point, the Klopeks, are they not aware that they're under suspicion by the entire neighborhood? <laughs> I mean, every time they look out their door, somebody's looking at their house. <laughs> <laughs> because even if they're up to no good, really, to get them off your scent for a little bit, maybe don't run this ungodly noise for like a week <laughs> until everybody goes back to work. <laughs> At right. Least. If you really are doing something, you notice all these people standing at your house, stop for a little while. You're like, ah, maybe we should we'll just back this down a little bit. It seems like <laughs> we're going a little over what we need to do here. 
Yeah, so <laughs> we're launching into the art speech now. Yeah. And before uh, we get into the art speech, because while the Ricky speech was okay, the art speech, which lasts more than one minute, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely the next minute. Yeah. I mean, you can tell his is going to be better because the camera starts to dolly back from them, so you get a wide shot of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> so you can see all three of them. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the costume designer again here. These guys are wearing some rocking windbreakers in this scene. They sure are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Arch has got some sort of weird green and pink shirt number going on, which, again, his shirts are all too small. Oh, yeah. He's got another plaid pair of shorts on, but he's got a windbreaker, rocking the windbreaker. <laughs> you know, um, Tom Hanks has the windbreaker that every uh, mid-30-year-old white male owned in the 80s. Yeah. Just like a cream-colored, you know, it came in cream and gray. <laughs> Those were the only colors. And Ricky's got some sort of jean jacket on to show that he is a, a badass. When, when did they start walking? Was it the last minute they started walking? What do you mean? They haven't gone anywhere yet. I mean, not. I think oh, they, they start walk, right at the end, they start to go. Because okay. at first he's talking, he's just starting to launch into his thing about how it used to be safer and you can do this and that. Dog still missing. So right, oh, right when he's like, when I was nine or ten years old, they start going. Right. And he starts telling about the mall down there, how there used to be a big drugstore on the corner. And there was a soda fountain in it, which I find incredibly hard to believe. Yeah, I, there wasn't a soda fountain in my lifetime. Okay, so, I mean, it's 89. These guys are, I mean, high, 40, right? There's no, I mean, I don't think they're that old. I think they're mid-30s. Yeah. So even if they're 40, and you back it up 30 years, that's 59, maybe? I don't think they're that old. I think more like mid-60s. Maybe there was still a soda fountain floating around at that time. I can't imagine. I guess it's possible. I find it hard to believe where they lived that there was one. Now that I say it, I guess if it was – if 89, you back it up and they say it was like 65, I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that there was a soda fountain. Yeah, maybe there was still one hanging around here and there. I'm thinking about – I mean from our point of view because I'm like when I was a kid, it was the 80s. There no soda fountains around anywhere. Yeah, they were on Happy Days. That's the only place I've ever seen them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he starts describing the guy that runs the place and he refers to him guy who ran it was a rotund guy rotund <laughs> like who uses that word rotund yeah i don't yeah. know <laughs> that's a word that only goes into a script <laughs> like people don't actually use that word so before i mean he's going into the whole thing about before i go down the soda fountain rabbit hole um this is the best benjamin silliman <laughs> minute ever made do you know who benjamin silliman is <laughs> no no idea Really? So I guess you're not caught up on uh, your stuff you should know. Benjamin Silliman? Yeah, because if you were, you would know who this was. Because they recently did an episode about the soda fountain. Phosphates. He created phosphates, right? Isn't that what it was, the soda fountain? Okay, yeah. He was one of the creators, people that led into the creation of the soda fountain. I remember now. Yeah. Of course, me, stupidly go to his thing. It's like not even – all they list him as, he was an early American chemist and science educator. Like, you don't even mention the fact that he's involved in the soda fountain? <laughs> right. Ridiculous. Uh, the soda fountain began in Europe, but achieved its greatest success in the U.S. Benjamin Silliman, a Yale chemistry professor, was among the first to introduce soda water to America. Hmm. He opened up one in New Haven, Connecticut, and it subsequently failed horribly. But he was one of the – he's the one that had the pump, and he had the thing, and he was one of the main ones that did that. Just like all inventions, Right. nobody ever just invents it. Like, somebody didn't one day just be like, this is a telephone. No, no, that's not how it works. You know, there's several steps, and he was one of the steps along the way. 
four or five people have the idea. Everybody's working on it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> the open soda fountains in New York, Baltimore, and Philadelphia. Now, what exactly is a soda fountain? Is it just a bar with soda? I think basically yes. <laughs> I mean, it's got a, a, a bar counter kind of thing, and you sit there and you get ice cream sodas and things. Okay, this is before mechanical refrigeration. Soda fountains were used to cool drinks and ice cream. They cut ice from frozen lakes, buried the blocks in ice houses. Wow, this page is really long. I am not reading all this. And they're starting to use big words now. <laughs> it seemed like the type of thing that, I mean, like they said in the, the other podcast I listened to, We like when I think of soda fountains, what, what year do you think of? I mean, you think of the 50s, right? Yeah, definitely. But 50s. they said on there, by the, the 50s, even into the 50s, they was already starting to go away. They, like its real height was like the 40s. That's crazy. Yeah, and so it was big then, and then it was dying out in the 50s and 60s. So I, I guess that's technically possible. Yeah. They we're able to have it. <laughs> so uh, and there's a thing at the end of this, and it only caught my eye because of the name of it. In Eastern Bloc countries, self-service soda fountains, blah, 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 became popular in the mid-20th century. In the USSR, a glass of carbonated water was sold for one Kopec. <laughs> <laughs> Not Kopec, but Kopec. Actually, <laughs> Kopecs. Could buy a glass of fruit flavored soda. <laughs> Is that Slavic? Is that Slavic name? <laughs> I'll take. I'll gladly give you a Kopec today for a Klopec tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so I forget. Uh, we get about uh maybe about half of uh Art's speech. We find out the guy's name was Skip. He lived over on Elm. He wasn't too sharp, obviously, because he worked at the soda fountain. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently he managed to have a wife and a couple of kids. Yeah. They say he's 40 years old. We now know more about Skip than we know about anybody else in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. We don't even meet Skip. We know what Skip looks like, where he lived, how old he was, that he was married and had a couple kids. I don't even know that about any of these guys. Does Art have kids? Ah, who knows? Yeah. Like, Rookie's family. Does he have parents? <laughs> I mean, does he have two parents? Does he have seven siblings? Huh, who knows? No one no. knows. No, no one knows. Like, what's Walter's situation? I mean, as far as we know, he lives alone, but he could have a wife. Right. He's got a dog. We know that much. Yeah, he's got that awful dog. <laughs> so it ends with him saying how it was really hot that summer. I love, he says, he had a wife and a couple kids, you know, not too sharp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the guy's 40 years old and he's wearing a paper hat and making cherry, cherry, Cokes, that's what he said. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Is that not a uh, is that not a good job to have? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because if you if you read up on it, it said back when soda fountains first started, it actually took somebody who knew what they were doing to run it. That's why right. they were like in pharmacies because you needed a pharmacist to run it. That's what I thought. They they were medic they were medical, right? Yeah. Well, you know, they used to give it to people and say like this will this will cure you. <laughs> yeah, snake oil. <laughs> yeah, have a little snake oil. <laughs> It's a cure of all your ails. <laughs> and it probably did make you feel better because it was probably loaded with sugar. Right. Oh, I'm sure it made you feel better for the next 10 minutes or so. Yeah, you're like, wow, it's the best thing I've ever had. So over the course of this minute, our, uh, our three characters here have managed to travel about 15 feet. They traveled 15 feet and nobody's looked around for that dog. Yeah. That dog is gone. That dog yeah. is off humping the neighborhood. <laughs> I did have that note. I have that note for the next couple minutes. Where's Vince? <laughs> There's going to be a little Vince that's running around everywhere. Here's what makes no sense. He's going to take the dog for a walk. Why even take the leash at all if you're yeah. just going to let him go? Right. Well, that was just to drag him away from going towards the Klopex, I think. Or he just wanted to get away from the wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm taking the dog for a walk. 
<laughs> I'll be back never. I mean, how could you stand to live with Carrie Fisher every day? <laughs> All right, I don't have too much else. Again, this was another minute where we had we had the end of one story, act break, beginning of another story. Yeah, we left Ricky and went in the art world. Yeah, which is a frightening place. Yes. You do not want to be in art world. You can visit <laughs> art world, but you don't want to stay there. Yeah, no, it would be a fun place to visit, but yeah, you don't yeah. want to stay there for too long. Yeah, you don't want to get messed up with his psychosis. I do like the continuity of this scene. I forgot to mention this, where they're wearing band-aids all over their faces. Yes. From getting stung by the bees. That keeps up for a little while, too. Yeah, I think they have it. Do they have it into the next day? I don't remember. I'm not sure if it's the next day, but I mean, the next few minutes they're on there still. So. Yeah, they're still wearing them, which is the first, and they're just noticeable enough where you'll catch them. But sometimes I'm like, what is on his face? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's got the yeah. – he got stung by 100 bees earlier in the day. It's just right on his face. That's why. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised he, doesn't, surprised he can talk after getting having a bee in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you have nothing else? No, I don't have anything else. All right. So thanks for joining us for the Burbs Minute Podcast. Make sure you check out our Twitter, our Facebook, our Pinterest, our LinkedIn. Um, go check out our uh, – Oh, I wrote a book. It's over on uh, Amazon.com, The Dawn of Mars. You can get it on Kindle, two ninety nine, Very reasonable price. You can get it on Audible if you don't want to read. Oh, that's another way to do it. <laughs> you can sign up for Audible and get it as your free book, and you don't have to pay anything. That's what I did. I wasn't paying no money for it. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. That's a ringing endorsement. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was good. I, just, I didn't buy it. <laughs> Go over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. <laughs> Um, check out all the other, uh, movies by minutes. I'm sure you'll find something else that's to your, uh, liking. Uh, another one of the podcasts is the Clueless Podcast. So I know many people, many guys who try to re- remain nameless that love that movie. I yeah, have not seen it in a long time. I'm not one of them. I mean, I didn't mind, what was her name? The girl in it? Uh, Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. I didn't mind her, but, yeah. Been a long time since I've seen it. I have never, I've never watched it as like not as an adult, but like as my age now. I don't. I wonder what I would think of it now. When I watched it, I was probably like in my early twenties, and I had that uh, attitude of like, ugh, not watching yeah. this. Well, they seem like Valley Girls, like the oh my god, I don't want to see that for yeah. the next, for two hours. But I mean, Paul, I know Paul Rudd's in it. He's the love interest in it. It is Paul Rudd, yeah. I mean, it's tough to hate Paul Rudd. So like, I don't know. That might be well. After I watched like seventeen of the other minute podcasts. I'll probably circle back to that. Or unless somebody else listens to it and tells me how great it is, then I might go to it earlier. <laughs> all right, so I don't have anything else. Um, if you're out there, uh, make sure you get all your neighbors together before you tell them a very long, involved story about a person you've never met. And make sure you stay safe, neighbors. <laughs>